0: To Seeker Insensitive, a podcast in which I uh, refuse to learn Canadian geography, but yet uh, somehow still know so much about, well, I don't know so much about Canadian politics, but I know about as much as I do about U.S. Untrue. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about the Weaker Thans comp, and I have that comp's organizer, B Left, on with me today. Uh, What's going on? What's good? How are you living?
1: Hi thanks for having me uh thanks for everybody who contributed to this compilation and uh yeah I really am I'm glad to have a listen through with you
0: yeah well oh, and also okay so everybody loves the weaker than's. um like I've never known anyone to listen to the weaker than's and be like man these guys suck but uh Thank you for actually, like, stepping up and being the person that's like, nah, I'm going to be uh, the one that does that. Because um, I feel like it's one of those, like, sort of intimidating ones. Kind of in the same way that, like, when I was putting together the um, unentitled comp, how no one wanted to take <laughs> Um, Because you, you get nervous about doing the good things. I don't know. That's just me.
1: Uh, that, that comp was really good. When I w- when I listened to it, I was just like reminded of <clears throat> the collective effort that had been put at other 155 cover projects of the past. Right? Like yeah. people people showed up for that comp in a way that, yeah, that was that was wicked. So that's that's another reason I'm really glad you're doing this project.
0: Thank you. I mean, really, it's that I like making dumb stuff uh, for my friends on the Internet Um, because my uh, my my local friends, uh, while they do enjoy my dumb stuff, uh, they enjoy it because they enjoy me, (laughs) Um, which is uh, sort of a different beast. Um, But anyway, uh, let's talk about this grift and grifting. Uh, First question. Oh, look at me, professional podcaster with questions. Um, so, tell me a little bit about your relationship to this band.
1: Uh, it's definitely via Propagandi, and you know there is something that it gets referenced uh, about the different phases, right, of having a different bass player in that band. And obviously, both formations of Propagandi have made amazing things, but definitely. It was at a formative time that crosses over with a bunch of other 155 slice of 90s uh stuff right oh. and and even just like noticing expression wise like it's two different directions there's the john k sampson direction there's the like propagandi chris hannah you know those guys and maybe both of those worlds could exist in the same person who got really influenced by like the first part of, of that band. And, and I think that, you know, also ties into these themes of shuffling people through a band and what, what does that do to its general presentation seems to be a topic of late.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you mean with Matt Skiba, unsure of whether or not he's in like 192
1: right now. I don't know. Yeah,
0: maybe. Um, but well, that, that's one of those things that I always found really interesting as well. So um, I did not know until recently that uh, John, J. K., John K. Sampson was in Um, Like, I did not know of the uniformity between these two bands. Except that my dad's girlfriend, when I was in high school, really loved Propagandi and I really loved uh, Left and Leaving. Mm-hmm. I, I only kind of got into other weaker band stuff, and that they both felt so different uh, that it absolutely shocked me when i when I found out that um, <laughs> uh, about the crossover there. Um,
1: yeah, but... for sure for sure. I think like the g seven welcoming committee, like the the record label that propaganda was on that had a few other local and global <laughs> uh, things going on with it that included, yeah a, record label that put out the weaker dance and propaganda because it was like from those band members involved beyond spending time in the same band right it seemed like they had this kind of ongoing uh set of interlocking projects in winnipeg and you know whatever way that like when you're receiving label merch in a pre-internet time it looms large right and and then you tie in the chomsky materials into that menu and it felt like a a good buffet
0: yeah well and that's one of the things that i think is really interesting particularly about like uh regional perception of this of both these bands is that like the fact that um you know two people who had spent their whole lives in phoenix arizona both felt uh very strongly, very separately, about these two bands, and, like, Mm. at no point did it even occur to either of us. Like, I found out about The Weaker Thans, because they were on the Wedding Crasher soundtrack, um, which is, like, the lamest way to be into something, though, in my defense, the Wedding Crasher soundtrack rules. Um, (laughs) doesn't sound like it would, because it's a terrible, uh, comedy, but uh, uh,
1: yeah so. like I don't know I would I would say that there's something as well about like uh, a change the world is that is the central theme right yeah. and then like in in propaganda it's like outwards it's got this material focus it is imperialism bad at the front mm-hmm. of those songs and I feel like with weaker thans it's like turned inwards right and there's this like heartbreak addictions theme that runs through so many of their songs with that like social movement part like still on the edge of it which makes it i I don't know i think it makes it subversive in a way like they're kind of like uh a more rad tragically hip (laughs) but uh i I don't know if that band or like even in the way that if you if you wanted to influence the culture of your continental small town settler state prairie zone like you might make a country move after having a punk rock phase. And I think that's part of what John K. Sampson was doing. And maybe, you know, you could tell he has a a publishing company that was also a kind of follow up to some of those early projects. And that's another thing too, where you see somebody like trying to influence culture through their own voice, through music, but also through literature. That's, that's another place I think propaganda or Weaker than's really hit is with like all the literary style of writing, where propaganda is more like nonfiction. Yeah. Ch- check out check out this like list of atrocities, you know.
0: I, and I think that's one of the things why the weaker than's appealed to me a lot more than um, propagandi did. Again, not to make this about like me and my ex-stepmother, but. <laughs> um, uh, but she was very much a like loud, I hate to say like loud punk, but that's what I mean (laughs) Um, of very much like, here are the problems and we're going to fix them, but somehow, uh, a a very much more aggressive. Whereas I was a uh, sensitive teenager with a lot of feelings. Um, and this is very good sensitive teenager with a lot of feelings music, I think. Um,
1: for sure, like to like to a place where awkward belongs, it's like come on, you know, yeah. like like it's really direct. It's like to the extent as well that you could see this intention in the propagandhi songs, like this is agit prop, this is gonna get you psyched mm-hmm. and mad, like you can see that the desire to have that really intense emotional reaction is still there, even though John K. Sampson's going in this other direction with Weaker Thans. Yeah, And yeah, it's, I, I think it's cool to to meet people uh, who experience those things, like not necessarily in a specific order with those two bands.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I really like it. Um, that said, speaking of changing the world, uh, this, uh, your comp is called and Grifting Grifting. Uh, and a lot of your uh, stuff that you've published under BLEFT uh, has to do about the WE Charities of Canada, um, which is something that I think a lot of us had no idea what it was when you started it and then uh, still didn't understand for a long time. And then we listened to that one Canada Land podcast. Um, but in your own words, describe the scandal that, about which we are speaking. The podcast being The White Saviors. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's worth like, your time.
0: It gets real crazy four episodes in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For sure. I don't know. It's it's like in that same way to talk about some of what it means to like zoom out on political trends and negative things happening and imperialism. I I think like being a child in the late 90s with whatever accumulation of critical. Influences from, you know, pop culture, different kind of punk rock uh, messages that might seep through, like, certainly seeing two guys who are like, presuming to be beneficial in their presence in a British colony, like, from the perspective of settler state Canada, and whatever kind of analysis, like, you would feel about missionary activities that are trying to have some control over another state's infrastructure, whether that's like education or water or healthcare, like those kinds of narratives of that kind of intervention being something that like imperialist actions like that would, would feel entitled to it's, it's insane how much that still remains in like the cadence of our current political discourse and, how it's normalized, like from a very young age, in curriculum for young people in Canada through that kind of stuff, and it's it's, yeah, definitely a scandal that I think has more to do with uh, those long-term trends than like these particular two guys. But they're, you know, they're a good lens to look at what it means to to see the way that Canada's defined like to the world in its foreign interventions who is a trustworthy like political actor and yeah like i don't know it's it's worth like checking out i feel like i've i don't want to like talk tons about it but i'll let the full chunks of spoken word (laughs) like radio on the b-left tracks like speak to that um but yeah it's uh It's something that I'm sure there's a lot of scandals in the States or around the world that would resemble that in in terms of people like doing land grabs in other countries Mm
0: -hmm.
1: on the basis of charitable actions that pursue donations in shady ways that also include some kind of saving children narrative uh, as a way to just rally support for them. That's shifty, very shifty, very, very kind of standard method of grifting. (laughs)
0: well and and the thing is is so similar sort of like uh you you hear similar sort of narratives come out of like u.s agencies all the time but they tend to be religion based uh and it struck like uh, a lot of like mission trips Mm. whatever that sort of thing Mm. uh i feel like you don't hear about that outside of a religious context as often um or I don't know, maybe I'm uh, poisoned by being an arts administration. <laughs> but um, I-, I don't know. I just, I-, I think it's interesting, especially because I feel like um, evangelical Christianity is a much more like ingrained part of all American culture than it is elsewhere. Um, sure, yeah, it's, but, re- it's really
1: yeah. strong in Canada, right? It re- it's, yeah. it's like you talk about like, again, if we want to keep it to the weaker thens prairie (laughs) focus, like every small town across the prairies is, is like an intersection of like three or four churches. And that's just like, that's just like a normal, like landscape element. And of course, like that reflects the colonial history. And it is something that also like, I feel has like a much, much broader circle that's going on in terms of like churches needing to sell off their properties that they had gained in whatever way they gained them in order to pay out compensation to people that have been like, systemically denied justice for their abuse that they endured that again, like ties into this thing of like building schools and like helping kids become good. Yeah, and you know, I don't, I don't know. So it's it's a good and evil month, right? So <laughs> we're, we're on those topics already.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I uh it, it again in in listening to both like the raw audio that you've posted from things and also from the uh background of this other podcast which you should go listen to it's worth it um uh, again i was just sort of struck by the fact that the thing that we were talking about wasn't religion-based because i feel like i always hear about uh usually it's because god wants you to do things um and i don't know. Uh, it seemed novel that this one wasn't because God wanted you e to be things.
1: Yeah, um, like, and, and maybe that is like this sort of stage that seems like a kind of like false secular colonialism that is yeah. a, a distillation of a lot of Canadian culture. You know, it's, it's something that in whatever way we're imagined as more multicultural, that narrative gets leaned into to further deny the really entrenched, like, colonial violence and you know the inequity that comes out in ways that I I think just because that was happening at the start of the pandemic and it was like the pandemic's happening and the pandemic is like this issue that is like so global so intense so transformative and it's
0: literally a pandemic (laughs) uh,
1: yeah yeah that's (laughs) defining pandemic but yeah uh about health virus uh but like and then this thing's going on. And and again, from an experience of understanding youth programs and academia and like, particularly this transition of volunteerism as like a stress test for your ability to discipline yourself for the workforce. And if you like are able to jump through that kind of a youth experience, then you put that on your resume for your next application like into whatever way that could go like that way that a 900 million dollar federal contract would get pointed at an organization with a totally different set of operations yeah is is like a big shock and and certainly most civil society like state-funded NGOs who would be working with youth or who would be partnering to deliver a summer program for young people like they could could see that that was out of line but they're also dependent on a major party for their funding so they're, they can't really speak to particular happenings and it's the middle of the pandemic so it also seems like a kind of disaster cash grab everything's yeah. met everything's messed up can we chuck this favor to like you know our buds and that with the rhetoric that is so intense and and again like yeah you're right it it has it, it feels like it's missing like a, a deity right <laughs> because yeah. like it, it feels that, like such secular like extreme centrism but at the same time it's like these two guys from a british commonwealth colony pretending to have some investment that they need to monetize in another british commonwealth colony like that's messed up don't do it (laughs)
0: you know well and and I I think some of this also like my own reflection on this comes from like I grew up a kid in an evangelical church and that was so like that and however I also grew up as a kid that volunteered for a lot of things though mostly libraries and arts orgs because I'm a big old dork um and also I don't know libraries are cool (laughs) um but yeah (laughs) But it, it just seemed, because the, the justification for those sort of volunteerism things was always that like, God has blessed us and therefore we need to spread the wealth um, sort of rhetoric. I don't understand how, I, I don't understand the volunteer leap if God's not telling you to do it. I don't know. Um,
1: well, I think that, but, that's it. It's, <laughs> this, it's this, the power of that'll look great on your college resume. Yeah. Or on your on your college application if you say you've got some volunteer experience if that's overseas, well, you are so bene- like benevolent and signaling is like accustomed to a certain class that college is ready to absorb more yeah. than people without that opportunity. So like that, you know, it's it's wild, but I I really like felt like that came across as a stressful thing that the young people who'd been like hopeful about those projects and given the production value of money put into them by the corporations that are trying to launder their images and like particularly in this early within the school mode Mm -hmm. it's it's wild like of course they had money behind it to develop this sort of hype but uh half of that was just you know inviting people on trips to be like this this is how we get our influencers to hype us so Kind of a Um, a fire festival vibe to that.
0: (laughs) So I guess what I'm saying here is not that any high schoolers listen to this, but uh, if you do feel the need to uh, get some volunteerism on your uh, college applications, first off, fuck that, go to a state school, you're fine. Um, Second off, uh, there's lots of good things at home. You know what? Your library would probably love if you decided to uh, go in and sort the baby's board books because it's a gross job and uh, but they still need to be able to find them. So early literacy,
1: early literacy plug. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, get get yourself a a volunteer gig at a baby story time uh, because baby story times are really uh, more singing songs and clapping and they're fun. So (laughs) there you go. (laughs) <laughs> baby story times are more about uh putting children in a room with books so um, anyway uh that that was my plug uh that said we should actually get to this uh comp that we put together 155extracredit.bandcamp.com uh the album is grift and grifting um and uh perhaps in uh a thematic note I don't think we actually figured out where the funds from this one are going. I was just going to throw it in uh, uh, in Bryce's uh, facial feminization fund. But uh, I don't know. It's your comp. So if you want to go someplace else, let me know. <laughs> yeah, let's
1: that's, that's, that's keep doing what you're doing.
0: Cool. Yeah, I, I just realized that I haven't... Uh... <laughs> What if that was the long con was i was getting a dollar from the same three people uh every like two weeks <laughs> um, uh anyway our first track is you uh with what would iqbal do uh so here we go Okay, so I'm listening to this in nicer headphones than I was on my first pass. Uh, That has some incredible bass on it. That sounds so pretty.
1: Thanks, yeah. Uh, Pamphleteer, it's like the best best song. I don't know. Obviously, Uh, there's so many good weaker than songs, but Pamphleteer is uh, a big one.
0: Yeah, it's okay. Left and Leaving, I feel like, is a no misses album. But that's a particular peak. Um, It also, if I'm, here's the part where I'm going to like check something. uh, Because as I recall, it's either right before or right after. um, Gotta look. It's either right before or right after Watermark. Um, It's right after, uh, which is one of my favorite songs. And so it's one of those things that. I think I probably heard the first 30 seconds of that song. Uh, I've probably heard those first 30 seconds, probably four times as much as I've heard the rest of the song. (laughs) Um, But you just did like such a beautiful version. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I I try not to, because I do this podcast, I try not to like talk about individual tracks as much uh, when I'm not recording. But this is one that like when I heard it, it shook my whole day. It's so pretty. You did such a good job.
1: Thanks. Yeah. I I feel like I've enjoyed that a lot too. And also it's yeah, it's just like one of those things that to whatever degree you're trying to like evoke a feeling of like when you heard that song that you're covering or what it meant to you. It's yeah, feels yeah. nice. And then the what the what would Iqbal thing, like there's this. Origin narrative with the Kilberger brothers that are like Craig read this article in the newspaper about a child labor union activist who'd been killed in Pakistan. This guy, uh Iqbal Mati. <coughs> and like it's, it's they mention it in the in the Canada Land podcast, right? But like the way that that organization ended up, like dealing with children in general it's like so far so so far away from being inspired by like a union activist but at the same time like you know that's the kind of license that those guys would take with the image or story of somebody in another part of the world that's dead like don't do that you know
0: yeah (laughs) 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 but yeah uh, you did a, a truly like beautiful job on that one um and so, this comp, uh, again, because uh, you organized it and there's sort of this ongoing narrative about the scandal, um, our next cover is uh, by Sean Mendez's lawyer's best friend. Uh, our disgraceful philanthropist is secretly recorded while dining with Craig Kielberger in Paris, Ontario, 2019. Oh, and I probably need to fix a typo on that. Um, So here we go.
3: That's such a good line. (laughs) Um,
0: uh, This one, I I truly love running with the concept. Um, It's also a real good song. (laughs) Um,
1: But like, you know, Stephen's doing something here that is, I really believe in a lot, which is use the song title as a tweet, you know, like that's, that's important space to write in, (laughs) make the hybrid joke and also i don't know if you've heard these some of these compilations like anti-apartheid multi-artist compilations that were launched at different times in the early 90s but like i feel like this track would fit well with that it sounds awesome
0: yeah it's (laughs) uh, yeah uh stephen actually did two covers of our retired explorer um and I like this one better, even though it's not actually a cover of our retired explorer. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. it's so, so good. I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, okay, so our next cover here uh, <laughs> comes from, I'm gonna go with De this time because I have been told that I pronounce this, I pronounce this artist name like 60 different ways. And I think they're all wrong. Um, but regardless, uh who is left and who is leaving? Here we go.
3: City is still breathing but barely is so true. Buildings gone missing, like tea. Sidewalks are watching me think about you. Sparkled with broken glass, I'm back with scars to show. Carpet, this drink in my hand. Strangers whose faces I know meet here for our dress rehearsal to say, Wanted this way.
0: (sighs) They always have such like a yearningness to their voice that is always so nice.
1: Keep singing, keep singing, Dad, you know? Yeah. For real.
0: Like man, I wish I wish I had good year yearning singing tone, or any singing tone. Full stop. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess the key to that is to just like do it, but trying is hard.
1: <laughs> um, also, yeah, it's it's like to to yearn on a track in public. That's very Weaker Than's thing. Weaker than your yeah. like yearning band. It could be yearn and yearning. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like for real. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ties that in. Awesome.
0: Oh, killer. Uh, what, one thing that I like about this comp in particular is I feel like everyone just leaned into the thing they do well. Um, which like feels good. That feels very good on my heart and on my brain. Um. That said it has been uh i don't know a week or two since i last heard this so uh maybe i'm wrong and i'm misremembering things but whatever who cares um the next one is teenage dan club featuring hl squatter bard um do you happen to remember who hl squatter bard is
1: um
0: it's okay if the answer is don't... no or if you never knew
1: Honestly, this is about a band that I didn't get into. This is about—is uh, it Fallout Boy? Is that what it's about?
0: Oh, I don't know.
1: Is it some? Is it somebody who is being posting their journal of being a, in a band and uh. maybe calling themselves this, like, or on, that, a, tw- on, a, t- on sounds, a Twitter on a Twitter bio?
0: That sounds like a Fallout Boy thing. Uh, I don't know for certain though, but. Uh... <laughs> it's it's a very funny one bio, of the, it's, it's, true. One of,
1: it's one of the recent pod bands
0: okay so then, somebody's that then probably that one because i can't imagine that being oh it could be a my chemical romance thing though but i doubt it's an avril thing and i didn't listen to any of the jawbreaker ones so um oh
1: do you know what i think it is that i think Job it's breaker? a jawbreaker thing i think oh, so, okay. because i also that's a band that i i don't know yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's a band that I don't know and I was unwilling to sit through enough Machine Gun Kelly jokes about. Um, so anyway, actual Teenage Dance Club featuring L- HL Squadron Bard. Here we go. One of my favorite things is when people use uh vocals as texture. Um, and this sounds very, very nice. I'm, I'm unfamiliar with um the song that this is a cover of, um, because I got really into one weaker than's album and then just decided to let the the rest wash over me. <laughs> um
1: but oh this is this is a big song for sure, and I only listened to it when I was trying to prep. For choosing for this comp because, like, <laughs> I don't know, there's so many of them. So many weaker than songs are about some heartbreak moment that involves a we in the song. You know what I mean? And yeah. so so many of them could fit great with our theme of the day, which is what's up with the we charity and the Kielberger brothers.
0: And really what's up with uh <laughs> I don't know, volunteerism as colonialism, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's real pretty. Hmm. I want
1: to, I want to just say something before we go on to the next one. Cause okay. uh, this, I want to give a shout out to my brother. Cause my brother's name is Stan. And I always think of him when I see this teenage Stan club. uh, But yeah, also I care a lot about my brother he just became a dad Aww. and this idea of like having a challenge as a father I think or being having a challenge with your own father is a detail in Weaker Than songs too for sure like there's something really dark about why is John K so bummed out you know <laughs> like for real for real yeah. and And so I'm giving a shout out to my brother because when I see these guys that remind me of my brother and I, the Kielberger brothers, I think (laughs) I would never, I would never let my brother get caught up in something so shady, you know, and you would hope that your parents would be taking care of you and not letting you get into some shady stuff. And our parents, you know, they did their best to help us with that. But like, what's going on, what's going on with these other brothers who, again, like, you can see in the way that they've had to go through, a like, uh, inquiry to the federal government in Canada that like this older brother, Mark, who's got legal training is like sticking up for his younger brother, but both of their responses are like perfect legal, like plausible deniability snapshots, you know? So yeah. it's pretty wild. And yeah, Um, it resulted in the firing of Canada's finance minister. And and his name was Bill Morneau. So I think that's where the next track gets its name from. Billy Morneau might be related to that.
0: Man, you are so good (laughs) at transitions. (laughs) Uh, But the next track is uh, by MC Billy Morneau. Couldn't tell you who that actually was, but maybe I'll discover it upon listening to it uh sons in a in a wepty room uh but like capital we um here we go have stopped that a little earlier probably um but yeah uh i i i love how um bouncy that one is something about a xylophone
1: yeah i was just listening to uh corrupt fm like as much of their songs as i could find and uh that was really making me laugh yesterday that's for sure i don't know if you like corrupt fm
0: i have never heard of them before this (laughs)
1: oh okay all right it's uh it's a radio station in the UK yeah and the people who put it on like they're they're quite humorous for sure
0: excellent but no that one's that one's good um are you MC Billy now?
1: (laughs) oh I don't know I think that that, like people putting on the accents of British people to talk about British imperialism is yeah I don't know about that that's really not ethical. <laughs> A bridge too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
0: That's, that's fair. Uh, that said, uh, I don't know, lots of American singers sing in British accents. <laughs> but, uh, okay, spoiler alert, Watermark is, uh, my favorite Weaker Than song, and, uh, this next cover is by the Fabric Softeners, who, if I'm Remembering correctly this is a few of my favorite regular uh comp uh folks uh so I'm very excited uh and here we go I count to
3: 3 and grin you smile and let me in you sit in at- Space, little cups of grace, pauses right along about the way that you cut that stove that's brave, the blood, the metal of those hearts that you always end up pressing your tongue to. How the body still remembers things you've told it to forget, how those fury.
1: You. yo like fraggle rock what's up hey yeah you know
0: i again i i love me some like is that chime xylophone <laughs> um don't remember oh, what they're actually called
1: there's other parts in this track where but. there's like just people in the house little young children talking to adults and being like where are you and like awesome amazing yeah. I'll be right
0: back too. yeah some, <laughs>
1: something that is just like I don't know why but it you get get some xylophone and you get some uh, sounds like we're sitting in the living room with Nana and the baby and everything. It's awesome. It's
0: yeah, so good. I, I love when these covers are... When it just sort of feels like you're hanging out with your pals in a very warm way. I don't know. Uh, like, uh, when you're hanging out with your friends' kids, you know? Um, it's, it feels good. It feels warm. Uh, a, a great... Uh, artist name for that song or for this cover too being the fabric softeners.
1: Yeah, and okay, right. so what's um who is that though?
0: It's soothing and I am going to get their collaborator wrong and then I'm gonna get uh told about it. I wanna say it's Dotty, uh, but I could be wrong. I know it's soothing the soothing's is. It's uh,
1: like it's so good to have like there's literally four different voices in this song and yeah. it's it's making it happen like there's some mythology to it. It's awesome.
0: <laughs> Not without mythologies. <laughs> um jokes. Um
1: The next one looks kind of mythological. Looks kind of like <laughs> could be a trilogy. Yeah. In fact.
0: <laughs> um. So the next one is uh, POV or sharing an office with Althea later uh, and uh, left and leaving. Uh, (laughs) It is 14 minutes long. Um, I'll talk about it more after, but. So uh, there's 14 minutes of that in which I uh, listened to the song on repeat like three or four times. Um, one of my favorite things to do is sort of um, covers that aren't actually covers and in fact are just like living living with the song as wallpaper. Um, my, my okay, my original attempt was that I was going to... Um, was that I was going to cover Watermark and instead uh, drop a bunch of uh, Bluff style. Uh, I was going to do a bunch of stuff about Taylor Swift owning her own masters and then I ran out of life. Um, (laughs) But uh, I was also thinking about doing the whole album and then realized that I didn't know the words to it as well as I thought I did. Uh, And so instead you are listening to me answering some emails and trying to figure out Adobe Sign uh as i recall correctly i curse really loudly at one point because i cannot uh because i don't understand what's happening with uh adobe sign so put
1: a little put a little e next to this one then
0: perhaps (laughs) if that's Uh, what's
1: up here uh (laughs) no do you know what when in the furious typing parts of that track i hear knowledge production and work at the academy you know what i mean and i think that this maybe you're writing a novel which is also a weaker than's kind of type thing yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> uh
0: it, it also uh did involve again in the theme of grifting grifting it was also time theft so awesome. um, <laughs> you know, doing a two for one there um No, I I think if I recall correctly, it's primarily emailing um, some students who uh, honestly probably could have Googled their problems instead of emailing me and chose not to.
1: Where are you at Um, with that? Where are you at with the response on that? Do you feel like you want to help them become autonomous searchers or do you like appreciate that they thought you knew?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it depends on my mood on the day. Sure. Um. Like if it's something that I feel like, if it's something that I think is going to be like a three-click thing, I totally understand if they just ask me. But if it's something like, who do I talk to about X? And if you Google, and I know that if you Google like, like I don't know who my advisor is. Like I know you know where to find that. <laughs>
2: um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You all have the same one. <laughs> um, it's not me. No, in general, I try to, I, I try to put together the notion that there are no stupid questions, um, and that I'm happy to help with whatever. But also, my students are majors in digital art and technology,
1: so they should. You feel like they should know what's up by the time they, they encounter the syllabi.
0: Yeah, you know, mm. they should figure it out a little bit. Uh, but my my job, I'm also a, an administrator primarily, uh, and the only class I teach is Introduction to College. Um, that's not what the class is called. That's just what it is. Um, sure. But so so I have some leniency with my students, but it's when my seniors email me. Like,
1: Do you know what else I don't like? I don't like how uh, onboarding sounds like waterboarding. It's not yeah. cool.
0: <laughs> well, and also I feel like, Onboarding is one of those things that I feel like is too corporate talk for being in academia. Um, Like, it sounds too much like you're going to have to sit (laughs) through a bunch of sexual harassment policies. Where really what my job is, is that like, well, at least as far as the classes I actually teach go. um, It is. It's not so much about the class content. Because the class content is basically just like what our academic integrity policy is. I know,
1: I don't, this, wanna, I, this is why, like, I think but, this shout out, like, if we talked about citation as shout outs, yeah. we'd be in a good space, I think. And, and like, instead of giving this big wall of, here are the things that will get you kicked out of school, welcome, welcome, here are the things that are complicated that will get you kicked out of school because you're a little cheater student and yeah, it's like, well, and- like it's like an intense wave of things for students to encounter I think sometimes with like a bunch of logins and then yeah. it feels I and I think I don't know I'm not trying to like go too into the weeds with this but I think in a world of challenge with reading for some people like every sentence can be like a login that is like another password to remember and it I wish I wish people read in, like, you know, bigger chunks, <laughs> yeah. but but that's why that's why, uh, you know, Twitter is a really important cultural platform for our time.
0: Well, and that's that's also one of the things is uh, OK. So again, I have to hammer on our academic integrity policy, but I also feel just, like most academic kidding. integrity policies <laughs> are. Like, I, I, it makes me feel like such a cop because I I honestly feel like most academic integrity violations are not the result of like a student is lazy it's that a student is unmotivated because you haven't made your content interesting enough or that they are having other issues that can be alleviated through time management strategies um anyway
1: sure or like living wages and a place to live and a place to live close to your school I think students are really crushed by that in ways where it's like if you are going to try and shortcut and submit something that isn't your own work like it should be responded to and with that kind of sense of like oh you don't have the space and you need like more money and space (laughs) well
0: again I, I work in a media art college too so a lot of their a lot of the academic integrity violations that I see are just people not citing code right which like I don't know, man. In real life, if you're not
1: not citing code, is that what you said?
0: Yeah. Cause they, they do
1: something that's built in for a program.
0: Yeah. Uh. Like, because they'll be citing or they'll, they'll have pulled a function from something and then not cited it. And really the way that you cite it is just in a comment, you go like, Hey, this is where that's from, but that's not the way that programming culture is. (laughs) Um, let's
1: let's go let's go on a a tangent for the nerds but like what are the protocols for citing code I don't know what they are so perhaps what do you like what do you mean I mean
0: it's such like a gray area for a lot of it like the the way that that one of my faculty members who actually teaches our our intro programming classes talks about it is that It's sort of different from the way that you cite things in like an English paper, because you're taking the concepts and you are rewriting them and reapplying them in a different way. And you do need to talk about where you got that information, but also nobody writes their own bubble sort every time uh, because it's a standard practice. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, so uh, there, there's a lot of like gray area to it. And I think that if we just like explained to our students a little bit better, like I, I say a bubble sort, cause that's the one that um, I, that's the one that I personally uh, just copy from Stack Overflow every time because while I know how it works, it's a pain in the ass to write.
1: Cool, cool, um, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> but, the more like code literate yeah. you get, the more you know what is a good thing to, to like see as common knowledge or something you don't have to make yourself.
0: Yeah. But our, our freshmen, because they're freshmen in college, they don't always recognize what is and what isn't common knowledge. Um, and a lot of them assume that they it's are dumb. And, hey.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, so but,
0: anyway.
1: here's another question so. I have. Um, I don't know. Like what's next? Let's let's keep listening. I'll, yeah. like, I'll keep, remember keep I'll, re- I'll remember my question, but I really like that you did this thing. Oh, it was just about how like wallpaper, the song as oh, wallpaper. Yeah. Really, really like that idea. And then the other thing that I think you do in your method sometimes is of, of like being this expansive, right? Like take one cover, make it super slow, it's yeah. way longer. But but like with the other creative like mixing and, and stuff like that. That, I think, is a, there's probably a better word for it than metaphor, but, you know, of, like, the whole thing of, like, the, the pod 155, blink 155, five years, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Canada is 155 years also of being around just now, so that's less that's less of a thing to celebrate. But the pod being around of 155 for five years that's awesome and that's like damn it like stretched over five years you know what I mean like like it's it's like something really extended and remixed and so that's why I think some of the ways that you put stuff that sounded really different throughout like so consistently through the whole past year it's like built that meaning in its format so I'm just trying to you know yeah. elaborate elaborate on how cool I think your song is wallpaper or those different like textures that you try to work in are yeah
0: well and, and part of that is a result of like I went to media art school and one trap that you fall into in media art school is uh that you start thinking durational works are really interesting mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. It, because durational works are really interesting to make durational works are not very interesting to listen to
1: <laughs> there you
0: go um <laughs> But I don't know, I like to to try to keep it a little bit, a little bit more fun.
1: I had like two different methods for Be Left stuff when I, and like just general submissions to covers, like I broke all of them, but my main three rules (laughs) were like, don't sing, don't play guitar and don't try. Okay, (laughs) and so there's like those rules that I didn't stick to and then with the be left stuff that was more focused on the we charity there's like uh the idea that the cadence of people just lying just like straight lying in a public discourse in a dialogue form that is like going nowhere because it's performative has its own rhythm and has its own kind of interplay and can whatever song of the week and scandal of the week get some beats of the week to go with it and again like trying to be really like low effort but at the same time wanting like like so many people like I don't know I'm sure that the details you pay attention to when you're making stuff have changed a lot from this process and To tie it back in whether we're talking about coding or writing or music like that's a that's a big thing to give some gratitude for on the five-year mark for sure
0: yeah I don't know especially because like so many of us have grown and changed as artists and I do mean artists broadly um like not necessarily of of just sound but also like I'm not the only one that started a podcast because they listen to a different podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I always find the way that like art and growth function exponentially. Um, I had a further thought on that, but I'm also still a little bit COVID brain. So that sentence is just going to end I think it's,
1: um, <laughs> it's keep it scalable and build to buy. Right. Is that what you mean? <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> or build to sell, whatever.
0: Oh, god, yeah. Uh, uh so I, I work for um, a university whose whole thing is unending exponential growth. Um, which, uh, the new American university, um, education is product, and this is one of those things that I fight against constantly. Like, not every hobby needs to be a side hustle, um, like i don't know this is a hobby um, like at this this is
1: but... <laughs> another reason i like to take such a bone of contention with the nature of like volunteer slash college co-op programs for young people yeah. is like it's their introduction into the workforce if it's not like militantly like trying to get you to withhold your labor power to demand better working conditions is doing you a disservice i know that sounds really like not practical, I guess, and not everybody's gonna do that. And it's really difficult. And it does organizing union might not benefit like the first round of workers negotiating the first contract. Yeah. But like all of this stuff that is saying, no, you have to like pass this stress period of working for less than a living wage or accepting these like norms of work that are premised on coming into it through volunteering. It's messed. it's really messed.
0: well and again not not to continue complaining about the state of higher ed but i'm gonna complain about the state of higher ed Um, i I
1: could like we i don't know how much time we have but i i want to uh not take your whole time by talking Mm -hmm. about the state of higher ed because i could as well so we could have we could have a contest i guess
0: (laughs) but i i work for this i work for this department that is um uh we're an interdisciplinary department and about a third of our faculty come from the humanities, a third of our faculty come from engineering, and a third of our faculty come from the arts. And um, there's always this tension of, for whatever reason, our engineering faculty feel like school should be terrible. Um, Like there's this like, well, I had uh, several weeks of no sleep and not having a job, and did it or the humanities kids too. They're like, "Oh, well, we did it on no money; like it's fine. We don't need to fund people, like you do, though." If if school is causing your students to uh, go through emotional distress, there's problems. Like I know that you had to; that wasn't a positive thing. Why do we feel like we don't need to stop that? Um, mm.
1: All right. I I don't know. Yeah. I want to bring uh, it all back to the weaker thens. I think we can do yes. that on every, on every level, which is like uh, pushing yourself too hard and mm-hmm. then feeling sad and regretful about it. That's a big yeah. weaker then's theme for sure. You know, it comes up quite a bit. And also, I don't know, just talking back to the point of about like vibes in different departments or what, kind of impressions faculty give their students about what awaits them like I when I was going to school in eastern Canada I was like uh visiting all the different departments selling textbooks for mm. like publishing companies that included the Arbiter Ring Press which is the one that John K. Sampson was working for and started <laughs> and like just this sort of feeling that like print publishing is dying Mm. is like so strong through that but also this heavy vibe of uh your professor that's like 30 20 20 to 30 years older than you is like yeah we got tenure we're good we're all right but neoliberalism means that all newer professors are part-time and they are not even getting the time to like develop their brains and do research because they're all part-time and that's what's going on i i research neoliberalism at the academy and i'm the like it's like and i and i'm the last of the tenured people in this kind of like arrangement and there's not going to be that same arrangement for the subsequent generations and that like seeing that happen too with folks who are like older than you going into their careers it's yeah it, it really makes it seem like a uh, post-secondary world is melting from the inside, from yeah. its own sort of labor crisis that like is, is part of why there's no compassion for the student experience as well. Because like what kind of condition are faculty in or part-time instructors or whatever, uh, and then their students are like crunched by the same kind of forces that are considered an externality, you know?
0: Yeah, well, it, especially, and again, I, I work at a university who, we're a community un- university, most of our students are working. Uh, we have something like 80 or 90% of our students are getting federal aid. Um, like generally we're lower income, things of this nature. Um, and their faculty members don't seem to understand that A, um, my students are in an interdisciplinary department. They're going to know a lot about a lot of things and not great depth on any one thing and this is actually what we want for them um but also that all of our students have jobs all of our students have families and uh several of our faculty members have never had um
1: work outside university sure yeah sure sure sure. Uh that's yeah that's a pretty (laughs) major divide and that's yeah it seems like really a sharp edge on that class divide when the Mm -hmm. attitude is like they're cheaters and they don't know how this works and it's and it's like a situation too where pragmatic decisions about like which program will get me the most stable job after I graduate aren't addressed adequately because it's you know it's just a challenge yeah. and uh I don't know let's I'm going to bring it back with another okay about yeah, utilities here utilities. And, and landlords and like moving and those topics I think are also steady through the weaker lens set up and I think again it like sort of speaks to this way that there's a kind of academia a a literary style to this writing and at the same time it's trying to be like and I live in an apartment and I gotta move out now or something like that's that's like a a ongoing thing with this like book nerd style so yeah it's it's those graduate
0: students living on uh seven thousand dollar stipends
1: yeah yeah and then what there is some weaker than song it's called what when you finish your master's thesis I saw some other one or something that was like about a postdoc blues like it's (laughs) it's a bit much it really is like trying to bring in the post-secondary to the weaker than so it's okay for us to complain about our our work (laughs) in that zone like whatever the
0: the way I figure is um I, I think it's appropriate for everyone to complain about their jobs all the time regardless of what your job is. There you go. Um because here the, the concept of work is terrible. Um because if it wasn't then you, they wouldn't pay you. Um like the 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 action of having a job is someone giving you money to do something that you would rather not be doing. Um so even if you like your job, I like my job a lot. All other things being equal, wouldn't do it.
1: Maybe time, maybe time <laughs> will prove that this is not a insignificant endeavor you know what i yeah. mean like if we whatever we'll see doesn't matter <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh 20th century utilities
3: got this feeling that today doesn't like me oh the yeah Tastes like flowers and paint There's a sink full of bottles and cutlery And the car's got a list of complaints I just wish I were a toothbrush or a solder gun make me something somebody can
2: use we can wish on a pop of a light bulb those photos line yellow
0: okay i was just gonna listen to that whole one because it's it's real good Yeah, it really is Uh, like, again, I'm not super familiar uh, with the song that it is covering, but 20th century always brings it. And, and I love me a drum machine, (laughs) but yeah.
1: Wicked, wicked. I know I I really like the way that uh, just you can hear with a lot of these songs, it feels almost like they're in this format of for the pod in this yeah. like uh, right in the five seconds before it hits a minute, it like is gonna hit a part that is really awesome and makes you wanna go beyond a minute for sure.
0: Yeah, like, uh, well, and, and that's, I think that's one of the things that the, uh, that the format of the pod really sort of forced on people is that you either have to get interesting 30 seconds in <laughs> Or, like, I, I feel like it sort of broke the long intro out of a lot of people, or the we're going to have an intro of exactly 55 seconds. <laughs> um,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like one, one, like, 55. Yeah. So like one. That, ha! Jokes. Maybe.
0: That's good. We got there. <laughs> um, uh, our next track, uh, Unmixed Art Gar- Garbage. Uh, all, well, mostly as one word. The cat okay just before we get explain. into this oh, un- yeah. unmixed
1: art garbage because just the dishes in the sink and the art and the garbage I was thinking of all those things together what do you think of the just like ultra hyper familiar noun style of weaker than songs like don't you think that's this intentional choice to be really relatable and not be obscure and that's like an artistic decision that I think is pulled off. I don't know, like it's, you can see people trying to write something that people will relate to and that doesn't come off well. And this is like, and there's a cup and a table, (laughs) you know, and a shadow on the window. And it's like, amazing.
0: Well, and I, I, not to make everything about Taylor Swift, but I'm gonna make everything about Taylor Swift. Um, One thing that I think is really, interesting about songwriting in general is that things tend to feel more universal if they're more specific um which doesn't make a lot of sense but like Mm. all of taylor swift's like real heavy hitter make you feel thing songs um have really specific atmospheric touches to them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um like the the easy example is all too well she just released a 10 minute version a year ago um, but it is full of like tiny details of like we're driving through upstate New York, and but the way that I feel in this particular situation is so universal that like everyone's driving through upstate New York. I don't know. I, I think that that's a really
1: that just sounded like a really gay so. kind of spoken word poem that you did there.
0: Thank I you. Like
1: yeah, like uh, describing a song. Yeah, that's, well, that's could be a new medium, perhaps.
0: Well, it's one of those things where, okay, when you talk about lyrics to anything, it sounds stupid. Um, like, if you read the lyrics to anything, um, because, like, most of lyricism isn't actually about the words. It's about the way in which they are delivered. Um, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so I, I try not to actually be like, here's the line. but um, Lyrical yeah.
1: pro, there's a song by this... Radio group corrupt FM. It's called Lyrical Pro. I recommend. For All sure. right. Yeah, they, it's that's like you'll you'll see how there's a there's a bit of a joke in it as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I I realized recently that a lot of my favorite songs don't actually rhyme. They just feel like they should. Mm. Um. Anyway. <laughs> um. I'm just just yeah, on terms of like lyrics in general oh Uh, one
1: other thing uh, to to tie in with the order of this yeah i feel like this day track at the end this is the closing track of the song or of the comp right like the way that this as a five minute track ends and everything it's like a real piece that is worth a full listen to yeah and then the other version of the uh sean mendes's lawyer's best friend final that's like the bonus track the joke track at the end that's how i think about this layout here
0: no it really (laughs) did have like bonus track energy (laughs) um like it and i feel like there are several uh several comps that have come up through um like the 155 extra credit that like that has been the vibe on is like so there's the real closer and then uh if this was still uh the early noughties we would have like
1: Mm.
2: two and Mm -hmm. a half
0: minutes of silence and then at least
1: at least two maybe 20 but yeah for sure
0: yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um like oh there i think it was the mcr comp that that also happened on um I think it was the MCR comp. Yeah, where there's like it, it ends in a in a fake live version that like no that that wasn't the closer. It Just the bonus tracks, bonus tracks. Uh, something that I think we it is an experience that we lack in in the way that we consume music nowadays. That I'm not going to say I I miss, but it, it is. If, if, it used okay, to feel okay. more delightful. You know?
1: Before we do the last two tracks, do we want to talk okay. about Marshall McLuhan for an hour? <laughs> Honestly, would, maybe. Yeah, for that. But uh, <laughs> I, I think that we probably it would be more McCluiny, M- McCluinist to uh, just talk about Marshall McLuhan for like half a second. Yeah. <laughs> be like message. <laughs> you know, like like that's yeah. it. <laughs> But maybe it's, that's maybe that's the good and evil uh, yeah. binary. All right, there's the medium and there's the message. One is good, the other is evil. <laughs> what do we do?
0: It's like my my favorite example of that is um, the one that we actually use in in one of our intro classes. But there's. Um, Suddenly, I don't remember the Woody Allen movie, but there's a Woody Allen movie in which Marshall McLuhan does a uh, a guest cameo, saying that no one understands his work, um, which uh, is is a very good bit because uh, the medium of a Woody Allen movie, the meaning in that of that has changed since the bit was done. I know
1: I um, can't look at it. I was so, it's like in the midst of <laughs> looking for McLuhan clips for class. It's like. Okay, well, we're not going to show this Woody Allen movie that has wow. Marshall McLuhan in it. And yeah, garbage. But like, Garbage Man.
0: Yeah, very. Um, but it doesn't. It I'd, rather,
1: I'd rather listen to Art Garbage than talk yeah. about a gar- Garbage Man. Unmix Art Garbage <laughs> yeah, at All right. That. Ha! <laughs> Here we go. It.
0: Oh, I. This is this there? is one of those ones that did I get lost?
1: We don't freeze. Are you back? I
0: know. Yay! All right. From my perspective, you're the one that froze. <laughs> okay,
1: cool. We'll the, but, the rec- let the record decide. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, I know. Like this. This is just getting going, and yeah. this
0: is also- one that really kicks off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah I, I don't know it's i also feel like it's a really good closer to this uh eclectic beautiful thing uh that is this comp um because a lot is of people this did two, like is this two things. songs
1: is this more than one song because the there's this at rest this is what i mean about this this song has its own secret song inside that's my yeah theory because I think something about the cat I don't know that as well but I know that there's a song called rest or at rest that is like super sad that's totally like about a scene at a you know like mental health inpatient thing like if there's a few songs that are like that that are just like really you know super detailed and super compelling in terms of what they say about John K. Sampson's broken heart and whatever. It's like so tender. We could say it's a tender hell. Oh you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I really want to just thank everybody who's been along for the ride of uh, the comp for sure, and yeah. really, like, especially Sean Mendez's best friend's lawyer, has been giving me advice, which is, I don't know, I don't know if it's legal advice or not, but it's, it's been encouraging in a way that has helped me keep up this wacky fixation for a while, and uh, I think it's time to move on, yeah. uh, but... Let's, I mean, move on from like being obsessed with the Kill but maybe not. Maybe the we've s- sparked a movement oh. to change the world. Uh, <laughs> let's let's hear uh, our last one, which again yeah. is Shawn Mendes' best friend's lawyer, which is is original. best,
0: yeah, which is best enjoyed uh, with like if you download this, put like a good twenty minutes of like dead air, and then let it surprise you later. Mm uh when you're deluxe
1: enhanced cd version also what do you you think about this here's a computer question steven would have no problem with this uh tangent what do you think about how like were you a part of windows 95 time with the weezer video on the windows 95 do you know what i'm talking about yeah um what's up with that what do you think about that now
0: so (laughs) the the one so the one that that really of that ilk wasn't so much that one because I was a little bit young for it but on windows xp the default um on windows media player was a David Byrne song called what humans do okay um that is so like far engrossed into my brain forever mm. because it's it, it's the default song like exactly yeah yeah when like you a opened default it, that setting was, for sure yeah
1: uh-huh,
2: uh-huh. um
0: a song that I've never heard outside the context of the first 30 seconds uh, of it while I'm trying to find a different album. Mm. Um, but it, it, it's also just so weird that it's a David Byrne song. I don't know. Like, it seems like a weird choice. Um, <laughs> but, I don't know.
1: I just know. I just think that there's, like, this thing that um... – like I'm working for a program that is teaching kids about coding yeah. and it's something that's like medium message. This is the, this is the, the, the thing to figure out, like, where can that be something that's like expressive and not just instrumentalized and where yeah. do we get to like put that in? And given that, you know, there's so much power in the digital things that had like these songs on the default setting and I think about that like at the same time this month because I grew up around some kids who were only allowed to to listen to mxpx that's all that was that was the only only not even any other music radio off mxpx on five times a day at least
0: (laughs) well and and that's one of the things is I I think that the death of uh not death because like they still exist but um the fact that radio stations don't function the way that they used to, I think has Mm. really destroyed a lot of our collective experience. Um, because like, Mm. like there are top 20 songs and part of this is also that I am getting older, but there are songs on the top 40 right now that I haven't heard in passing. Um, which is very strange. Um,
1: Oh, is that because there's no, like, public listening to anything anymore?
0: There's no public Maybe? listening. Sure, um, sure. Like, everything is so individualized. And then even, even in public listening situations, people put together playlists.
1: I think what we're um, calling for so. is for the listening party, for this. For everybody has to get a PA. Yeah. We'll, we'll make a public listening of at least this, or if not, start to finish full full discography of several podcasts that we enjoy (laughs) everybody this is what i mean everybody needs to start their own pirate radio station and that's the move
0: well it's one of those things as well as um so so i just taught a middle school summer session intro programming class um and because i don't do well with structured or with silences i i had them like suggest some songs that they would like to hear whereas normally i would have thrown on the radio um Mm. And it, it seemed strange to me that the only things that I had heard of was uh the one like classic rock kid who only wanted to hear Nirvana. Um, which, like, right.
1: it feels hey. like it, it, What does that mean now? Does right? it mean like, does it mean that I don't even know? I feel like that's, oof. anyways, that's another chat, yeah. the Nirvana, Nirvana arc, but uh.
0: Yeah, they only listen to uh, Nirvana and The Offspring. And I was like, oh, have you heard any hole? And they're like, who? (laughs) Um, Like, okay, cool. That's not the path we're gonna go down today. Um,
1: But I I feel like the other thing is that I can't, like I've worked in this like school reading, writing zone for so long related related to English, that like, I think it's good to just not deal with English language content. And, That's fair. And, and when you have an option to hang out and, and DJ your learning space, it's like, we're going to try something that is not English, please. Yeah. Enough of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, honestly, one of the ways that I sort of foster community within my classes or whatever is, <laughs> God, I, can you tell I've been in higher ed a long time? Um, <laughs> is that uh, I, I have students put together playlists for the class and um, of which I'll throw on like a song, maybe two. It's usually uh by Riley Kiley. Do,
1: con- do you control but- the means of production of that playlist? Like, do you burn, to burn the CD, or do you record the cassette of it, or how do you, how do you make the playlist?
0: It's a Spotify. It's either a Spotify <laughs> nice. or a YouTube playlist.
1: Okay. Um, cool. cool.
0: Because I don't want to like uh, shun people's creativity, but also like uh, got a life. Um,
1: <laughs> I know but- it's a hard decision too, because it's like. Could the thing that I think doesn't sound annoying sound as annoying as the thing I know you like that I really find annoying? So that's the balance. Well, usually,
0: and again, because I'm working with college students whose whole deal is that they're supposed to be able to deal with technology. Mm. Usually I just set like a collaborative thing and then just let people add to it. And then if I find that someone is uh, putting on too many things or if I, uh, as, as supreme overlord of my classroom, uh, if I find it irritating, uh, then I'll pull it, but you wouldn't believe how many like Minecraft parodies I have to listen to on a regular basis. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's rough for sure. I know. I feel like if I'm doing some like, okay, we're going to work together now. Should I like, should I put on Aphex Twin? Cause it sounds like computer work. Not really. Cause there's like, you know, some things that aren't so good for the school and that, but at the same yeah. time. I, I think that would sound awesome to get into like really active stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest when I, when I do do things for my actual college students, um, especially those who are newly into experimental music, um, we get a lot of that, uh, because it also becomes like a performative element. Right. Um, Because not only uh, do they need to define themselves in this like very specific way, but they also need to uh, impress their colleagues by being more obscure than they are, but also uh, to still remain accessible. Hmm. So- um, I
1: wonder wonder what that's like. Hmm.
0: I know, right?
1: Odd, weird. Uh, Who would have thought? All right, well. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Gotta go, gotta go. Last tune. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> uh, once again Sean Mendes lawyer's best friend our retired explorer here we go just one Okay, so just like one quick story about the song in general. Um, in, in high school, I was in a French class, as one does. Um, and somebody, uh, for, for extra credit, did a French translation of the song. And then when it actually came to the French part, they did it in English. And I laughed real hard about it. Anyway. Awesome. That sounds so,
1: very uh, punk rock in a CanCon yeah, switcheroo of the two languages
0: yeah
1: uh-huh.
2: again
0: funny for an arizona high school um <laughs> but you know <laughs> um yeah so that was the comp uh kicked ass uh thank you so much for organizing it
1: um thank you althea and again i was saying this before we started recording but Thank you for all of this like foundational community building that you've done for many, many people who benefited from it and to just like draw a circle around a lot of things that people have yeah, enjoyed, want to keep going and appreciate. So thanks yeah. to you
0: i don't know I, I like making dumb stuff with my friends and then talking about dumb stuff with my friends so right. um, keep it up yeah uh you thank you so much oh uh ending things uh my theme song is by baby tyler you can find at tsfoss.bandcamp.com um you can find this uh comp uh at 155 extra credit no for no leading e.bandcamp.com slash grift and grifting um It is not the default one when you jump onto it right now, because right now it's the uh, Tokyo Police Club com, Uh, but you should check that out. Um, 50% chance that things get linked. Um, Is there anything you'd like to share with the class?
1: When is recess? Let's go.
0: (laughs) Um, Hey. Um, See ya.
1: Bye bye. Later.
0: Bye. Uh...